0: Alright, this is Chandra, and I'm going to do a contemporary horsemanship podcast. I'm going to be recording the podcast and then recording a video to also put it on YouTube and kind of get different ways of content out there. So, today I was going to talk about catching. So, I'm going to kind of go over the main things of catching, how to catch a problem horse, um, tips on, like, just how to solve problems, really, because you can't really go any further than catching your horse. You can't work with a horse, you can't ride a horse that you can't catch. So um, catching is pretty much where I start all my training stuff. So I do have like books and training program and things like that. And this is the place where you have to start. (laughs) So basically I'm just gonna start from the beginning, kind of go over the steps for catching like a regular horse and then go over some problem solving and then probably add in some things for positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, kind of depends on what kind of training that you want to do. So the first thing is just the equipment you're gonna need. So a halter and lead rope are obvious, if that's a word, but so get your halter and your lead rope, doesn't really matter what kind that you use. Um, So on a horse that is definitely hard to catch, Um, Especially in the beginning, I wouldn't be opposed to leaving a leather or a breakaway halter on them. Some people don't like that. It's not forever. Like, I'm thinking like a few days to a week, not eternity. And obviously not a rope halter, not a nylon halter, not anything that's not going to break. So if they have these leather halters on and as long as they're comfortable and they're not too tight, it's not a big deal. It's just going to help you out in training your horse. And if you left a nylon halter on for years, that would be a different story. Um, but it's just going to help you teach your horse. Um, if you have that time where you can just spend working on just catching for like a few days to a week or maybe a couple of weeks depending on the horse, then leaving that halter on for a week or two weeks is not a big deal. Um, uh, for lead ropes, I like a little bit longer lead ropes. I like maybe... 10 to 15 feet, depending on um, the kind of rope I have available. I wanna say the one I use a lot is maybe 12, something like that. Um, I don't like to use lunge lines. I think they get just, there's just too much going on, especially with catching. Um, They're meant for lunging, so. Um, And then really anything shorter than that is also a little bit difficult. Now, it depends on what kind of catching you wanna do. So if you're wanting to just stick to negative reinforcement, you are gonna to have to put pressure on the horse. So having that longer lead line is gonna help put that pressure on. So swing the end of the rope toward the horse's flank, um, that kind of thing. So having that shorter line is gonna make that more difficult. Um, you just kind of run out of rope. But if you're gonna do positive reinforcement or um, you just wanna kind of know how to catch a horse in general, um, then you can just use um, a shorter regular lead rope like you would find in a feed store so um what else okay if you want to do negative reinforcement um you'd probably bring a training stick or like a driving whip so that's going to be like the shorter whip that looks like a lunge whip but it's shorter and it's got a s- smaller lash um you could probably use a lunge whip if that's all you had but again like the lunge line it's just kind of too much to deal with um so i wouldn't recommend that Um, Also, if you're gonna do positive reinforcement or even if you just wanna catch your horse, you probably wanna stick to negative reinforcement, but maybe just for this, um, you wanna use treats. Um, If you are new to the horse or you're new to positive reinforcement or something like that, I would bring a variety of treats with you. Um, Or if you know your horse and you just kinda have a problem that you're trying to solve, um, then I would just bring their favorite treat. You're definitely gonna need a few um, if your horse is more on the flighty scared side, then I would bring extra and I would just put them in your pockets or like a pack or something like that. Definitely don't go out into the pasture with other horses and bring a bucket full of treats or grain. Not going to be a good idea. You'll probably catch your horse. You'll probably catch all of them. And then they're going to fight over the grain and you're going to kind of get cross and get caught in the crossfire. And that's just can be really dangerous. So don't want to do that at all. Um, the idea about bringing the stick is for putting pressure on the horse and then again, um, also with dealing with multiple horses. So if you have multiple horses and you, you need to catch just yours, you could probably use the stick to kind of vend the other horses off. Um, so that might be necessary or you could use the end of your, whip, um, not whip, your lead rope um, for that as well just kind of depends on what you're comfortable with depending on the situation and the exercise like sometimes I'm more comfortable with the end of my lead rope sometimes the stick it just depends but definitely being prepared is going to help you out here because I mean you can go out there with like a regular halter and your horse could just run around for 20 minutes and, and nothing good happens from that session so bring the right equipment get the right correct treats if you're going to use them know what you're going out into um, if you you have no choice and your horse is out in 20 acres, it's gonna be hard. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, especially if you wanna use negative reinforcement because the basis of negative reinforcement to catch your horse is put pressure on him until he wants to look at you and then draw toward you and then you can approach him. Making it, um, that makes it really hard in a big space. It just, it just does. Um, keeping a horse like that, in a round pen, in a small pen, in a stall, just like with the halter, like in the beginning, not forever, <laughs> not not for like even for weeks or months, not, not none of those things, maybe a week or two, depending on your horse and depending on your situation. Because a lot of people just have a horse at a boarding barn and maybe they can't get out there all the time, you know, maybe they, this horse has to go out in this field so maybe you can adjust your horse's living situations um, just to make it easier on yourself. No, I'm not saying put a halter and leave a halter on and then keep it in a stall for its whole life. That's not what I said. I'm just saying if you're going to train it, use these training tools. Those are going to help you out. So um, it's also going to help if the horse is not with a bunch of other horses. If you had a couple a couple buddies that it's with that you can easily get the horse and bring it in. That's going to make your life easier. Um, If it's out in a herd of 10 horses, and even if you don't bring the bucket, but even if you bring some treats, they might not be hard to catch. They might want to come investigate. And then you kind of have to double duty. You have to vend off the ones over here while trying to make yourself more appealing to the one you want to catch. So it makes it really hard. So if you have the option and you can put your horse alone in a pen, put your horse alone in a stall or alone in a pasture just to work on the catching, then I would take that. So um, kind of set yourself up for success to begin with um, and then kind of go from there. So you've got your stuff, you've got your treats. If you're going to use them, you've got everything else. So hopefully your horse is in um, an adequate environment to make this easier Um, but I'm just going to kind of go over the basics of catching. Um, just, I would, as I would like a normal horse, my horses are easy to catch because I do a lot of positive reinforcement clicker training. So they like, they see me outside and they all nicker and neigh and they associate me with positive things and food. So it kind of works out. I go out there and they come right up. So that helps. So if you want to just bypass all the hard work which some negative reinforcement is is just start clicker training if you're horribly opposed to that you're making your life a little bit harder but it's okay like I understand like people believe different things um if you're gonna try just just open your mind to maybe doing treats um just for catching and then it might sway you to try it more often but to each their own so okay well so we're just gonna start with catching the regular horse so get all my stuff together. I'm going to go out into the pasture. Always make sure you shut the gate behind you. Um, and then go out there and you don't want to just walk straight up to his head quickly. Um, kind of approach from the side and maybe let them come to you, especially if the horse is maybe new to you or a little bit more sensitive. Um, come to the side, kind of on their shoulder and their neck. Um, if you really know the horse and you have a relationship with that one, you can come up to the front of them, especially if they're not super worried. Um, and then I just kind of give them a minute. So it depends on the horse. I like to get go in the pasture. And if I'm working with something new, just kind of give it a minute to look at me. I'll like walk in there. It'll notice me and I'll kind of stop and just let them see if they're going to approach. See kind of where they're at today. Um, if they don't approach, then I'll go up there. If they do approach, I'll just kind of wait there and wait for them. So once they come up to me, I'm going to like say hi to them. I'll let them sniff my hand, kind of check me out. Maybe they want to sniff my halter um, and then I'll go ahead and give them a treat. From that point, I just put the halter on. So um, other horses, um, once they're further along or just kind of depends on the horse. So if the horse is a little bit shy of the halter and you've gotten the halter on, I would give them a treat after you halter them. If not, then I would do it before. You might do one, give one before, put the halter on, and then give them another one. So, kind of play with that and see how that works for you. Um, like when I put Dakota out in the other pasture just to grease, like during the day, she thinks that's super fun. So, she doesn't really want to leave. <laughs> so, like when we go to work, that's different. She's like, oh, I'm ready to go earn some treats. But when she's on the grass, it makes it different. So she'll come up to me, and then she'll be like, eh, maybe not. And she doesn't run off. She just kind of leans and is like, nah, I'm good. So I'll bring a treat for that. I'll give her a treat. She'll be happy. I'll put the halter on and give her another one. And that's pretty much that. She didn't really have that problem anymore. So we want to play with that. But I like to approach from the side, let them sniff your hand, give them a moment, instead of just rush up there and grab them, and then give them a treat. Put the halter on, maybe give them another one, and then we'll lead them out. So if there's a bunch of other horses in there... Um, you're going to want to just kind of put pressure on them with the end of your rope or the stick while kind of trying to keep your back turned to yours. So you want to definitely make sure the pressure is going toward that other animal um, as much as you can. And <laughs> it might be tricky. You might have to kind of deal with those kind of things and, and and try to sneak around the other horses. Um, that can be tough, but I've had horses at boarding barns with other in herds and stuff, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Once they learn that I'm not coming in for them and I have nothing to give them, you might have more problems if you go into the field and you give all the other horses treats and yours, then they're all coming at you versus when you go in there, you give a treat to your horse and you kind of put pressure on the other ones. They're going to be like, uh, this girl's not real fun. So I'm not going to come over there. Um, So usually that clears up pretty good. Um, But just kind of be really cautious of where your whips at, where your horse is at, and your lead rope and your tools to make sure that you don't get caught in the middle of anything and you just put pressure on the horse that you're aiming for. So um, if you have a horse that's more worried than other horses um, and you kind of have one that's going to be hard to catch then I would definitely suggest just going in there. Don't bring a halter. Don't bring anything. Just bring some treats. um, And go in there and just go in there and just hang out. Like, see if the horse will come up to you. He might come up to you if he knows that you don't have a halter. Some specifically know that you have the halter and they don't want to go to work. Because a lot of horses, the only time they see people is when they go to work. So, they'll see a person... And they're like, nope, because every time I see this person, she takes me to the barn, and she tacks me up. It's not comfortable. And then I ride around in the ring for an hour. The only like relaxation and and um, safety that they have is being in the pasture. So they don't want to leave that. It makes sense, you know. Um, if you don't like your job, like horses don't know that they're going to, you know, that training is good for them or whatever. Like we know when we get up in the morning, like I got to go to work. I got to get a paycheck. Um, if you didn't have that, like you would definitely not want to go to work unless you loved your job. So if my boss just forced me to go to work every morning and hit me with a stick, I wouldn't want to (laughs) go. It would be illegal. So, um, that's just something to think about. Think about what is in it for your horse. So, um, for that kind of horse, I would just go in there with some food. Um, just kind of see where they're at. Go in, approach. If they look at you, then stop, or maybe even back or walk away, depending on the flight zone of your horse. So like with the Mustangs, they had a decent sized flight zone. Um, one was in a smaller pen and one was in a little bit bigger pen when I got them. Um, I could go in there and they were already kind of associate me with food because I'd be feeding them. Um, but I can go in there and then when they look at me, I would stop and back up. So that's that's going to be your negative reinforcement. Every time they look at me, I kind of go away or I'm less scary than I was. Um, And then there's like that bubble that they have is they don't want, like when I'm in a certain zone on that bubble, I start putting pressure on them. So with the Mustangs, as soon as I approached and I got on the other side of the fence, I was in that bubble and they were like, okay, bye. (laughs) So by them looking at me, I'm rewarding that, taking the pressure of my presence away and leaving so I'm going to back up and and take that pressure off because at the time I couldn't really do a whole lot of positive reinforcement as far as that goes without messing with the bubble of of their safety bubble so um it's going to be a little bit of both you're going to use positive reinforcement you use negative reinforcement so it's kind of mixed up there so with that definitely watch their body language with with the spooky scared maybe wild horse Um, they're going to be like a lot more sensitive to your body positioning and your movement than a a quieter horse would be. So approach nice and quiet, take your time. You might want to arc around them a little bit and just kind of move in like, um, an arc and not a straight line. You're not going to come and grab them. Um, horses know your intentions, like, they can tell when you want to do something, when you're in predator mode and you're just going straight in, in for them and when you're kind of just taking your time and just kind of going for a stroll near them. So they definitely can tell the difference. So I'll go in there, work on that a little bit. Um, and then once you get close enough by doing this approach and retreat, go ahead and let them see if they want to touch your hand, offer them a treat and then walk away. That's gonna be the biggest thing for your horse because they're not really gonna be expecting that. Um, especially if they've had a lot of bad experiences with that. They're not gonna be like, oh, <laughs> like most of the horses that all I kind of fix their catching issues, they were like, Oh, that's not what I thought was gonna happen. So then I make I make them more interested. They're more curious in what I offer them. Like, that's not what they thought was gonna happen. So that's pretty cool. Um so I would work on that a, a lot so you kind of if your horse is wild and just really scared of people or has had a lot of bad experiences and doesn't want to be caught you're gonna have to work on this catching thing a lot so with the mustangs weren't too bad because I was feeding them uh, and working with them every day in the beginning so um, their flight zone sh- shrunk pretty quickly and um, it just kind of depends on the horse. I would definitely at least do it once a day until you can actually catch your horse. A couple times a day would be perfect because you're just going in there and and, and catching the horse. I definitely wouldn't go in there, catch the horse, you're like, yay, this works, and then go work them for an hour because then now you've just gone backwards. It's about building that relationship and building up the trust that not every time is going to be work or maybe making work a little bit nicer So once you can go in there and the horse reliably comes up to you, then I would go ahead and think about actually catching the horse. So think about going in there, giving your horse a treat, and then seeing how they feel about the halter. Bring the halter with you. If they run off at that point, then we got a bit more work to do. If not, then go ahead and halter the horse, give them another treat, and then go ahead and take them out. Maybe hand graze them, groom them, just Go feed them their dinner somewhere else, something else like that, some pleasant um, experience so they can start building that with you versus just bringing them out to lunch or be ridden or whatever. So, like, it's like when horses see the vet, they know what the vet means. Like, most horses don't like the vet because they've not had any good experiences with them. It's always negative reinforcement. Like, I've, I hate going to the dentist. I know I have to go to the dentist, but I hate going because every time I go, they just poke me in the mouth. So it's like every time I go get my horse, this vet comes, and just pokes them in the neck. Like then they're like, I don't like this person, like that dresses like this or has this vehicle because they don't have any positive experiences with it. So you got to start making these positive experiences for your horse in order for them to be caught. So, um, and you might have to keep doing that. Like maybe before your lesson one day, you take them out. And just brush them and feed them or whatever, and then put them back. And you gotta you gotta mix it up a little bit. It can't be every day. Every time they see you, they just go get worked because then it's not gonna work. You're gonna have the same problem um, forever. So, besides um, doing the pause reinforcement clicker training, so I don't really have to take my horses out a lot um and just hand graze them or groom them or whatever because they're earning the food rewards as they work. They don't really see it as work. They think it's the most fun thing ever. So if you want to get into clicker training or start doing that kind of thing, um I feel like that's going to help you a lot with um catching your horse. Like I really don't do sessions on catching my horses because they're excited to come work with me like from the beginning. So Um, unless I have the Mustangs, um, I had to specifically work on it with them because they didn't understand the clicker training yet. Um, because they had so much fear in there, but a regular domestic course is not going to be like that. So most of that, just doing an approach and retreat, giving them a treat, letting them have some fun time with you where it's not always work, work, work is going to solve the majority of the catching problems. Um, Like horses that go in and out for turnout, like at a barn, usually aren't hard to catch because sometimes they get caught to be fed and go in and then sometimes they get caught to go for a ride. It depends. So they're usually not horrible to catch or it depends on the person. So like if I'm going to go ride my horse and the only time I get go catch them is to ride for my lesson versus like Joe, the stable boy, and he gets my horse just to bring him in every night. Then he sees Joe and he's like, oh yeah. Joe's going to feed me versus he sees me. He's like, great, we're gonna have to jump tonight, you know? So it they do recognize different people. They understand our intentions. So that's going to solve most of domestic horse catching issues. Now I'm going to kind of go into um, a little bit worse issues. Um, horses that want to just run away, um, horses that want to be too pushy, things like that. So For a horse that is really afraid and just runs off, like once you start putting the halter on, they've had like a bad experience with the halter. They think that that's, the problem isn't necessarily you. It's once the halter comes out, if you want to use positive reinforcement, I would train the horse to target the halter. So I would hold up the halter and once they look at it, click them and feed them. They might have to look at it a few times because sometimes as soon as you move it in your arm, they're gone because they're like, nope, not today. (laughs) So just have them, you might have to approach from, or stay a few feet back too, not even go all the way up there because they're so used to that bad association with the halter. So once they look at it, I would click and treat and do that a few times. And then they're like, okay, this is different. Then have them touch the halter, click and treat do that a few times then maybe slowly start the process of putting the halter on maybe just put the lead rope over their neck click and treat that and then i would take some breaks where like you put the lead rope on you feed him you take it off you kind of walk away so kind of do some approach and retreat just with yourself throughout the process because you don't want to get in there and then oh i just need to get the halter on and and then try and really focus on that and they're going to be like no this isn't happening so um Because I had one that I was fixing, and as soon as you would like put your arms underneath his jaw, that's when he would leave. He was like, nope, I know that's what happens when you put the halter on. It isn't going to happen. So, um, But targeting fixed that. I think it took maybe a half hour, an hour. It was one lesson, or it was at least one lesson or a part of one lesson where I had him target the halter and learn what that was. Never had a problem catching him again. So um, usually that's that's the process and it it's not. Okay, so if you want to do um, negative reinforcement um, and catch your horse, um, I would just do a lot of approaching or retreating. So you are going to come to the horse, let him sniff your hand and then walk away and then approach your horse, maybe pet on him and then walk away. And then you're going to build up to approaching and then putting the halter on, taking it off, walking away. And then putting the halter on, taking him out, maybe hand-grazing him, maybe grooming him, just, like, doing something like that. Um, and then building up to just your normal schedule with the with some bonus activities, like, thrown in. So lots of hand-grazing, grooming, maybe take him out and give him his dinner, or something like that. So um, when you're fixing problems with negative reinforcement, so, like your horse runs away, um maybe he'll stand there and then he'll bolt off once you go to like put the halter on him. Um one thing about that, um don't put the halter like some people like to put the rope over their neck or the halter up around their neck and tie it before they like get it on their face or just put it around there. Don't do any of those things unless you know you're gonna get that halter on the horse because Horse decides to leave, and they've got that halter around their neck, they could get tangled in it, they could get caught on something, another, um, on the like a fence post, anything. So, don't do that unless you know that the horse is going to stay there. Um, so besides that, um, if your horse usually they're too scared, and I always use that approach and retreat, it's going to take some time, or they know. They don't want to be caught. So they're not afraid. They're just like, nope, not having any part of it. And usually the not having any part of it, horses are going to be, they're going to let you approach and then they're either going to run away when you like go to put your arm over them or when you go to halter. Um, The other one is they're going to run as soon as you get close or like as soon as you come in Um, with the negative reinforcement um, or like natural horsemanship, normal training, um, I would let the horse leave. If your horse isn't a super flighty, scared horse, I'd put some pressure on them. So once they go to leave and they've already committed, so they've turned or they've started going forward away from you and you're not going to like get kicked or you're not in that range, um, go ahead and swing the rope toward their hind end and kind of just encourage them to leave or swing your stick. And we're not chasing, we're not running, we're not screaming. We're just going to say, okay, if you'd like to leave, well, maybe make, make them leave a little bit faster. But especially just in all horses but especially in catching don't chase them it's not gonna help you and it's just gonna make you more frustrated chasing them scares them it makes you mad they're not gonna want to be caught more if you're chasing them like it's just not worth it so I'd put a little pressure on them as they leave and then all I'm gonna do is put pressure on them when they're walking away um, like leaving me and I'm going to match their energy. So I am not going to go run around in the pasture chasing my horse for hours. It's just not going to happen. So if my horse leaves at a trot, I'm going to go at a fast walk and I'm just going to follow him. I'm not going to try and get close so I can catch him. I'm just going to follow him. I'm going to leave a distance between us, but I'm going to keep walking wherever he goes. As soon as he stops or he faces me, I'm going to stop and I'm going to back up. I'm going to take that pressure off if the horse is just walking away, I'll just walk at a normal pace after him. Um, the trot a little bit faster pace. And then if they're cantering around, I don't really, I might do that fast walk or maybe jog for a few steps, but usually when you're catching a horse and they're cantering around, they're either in a way too big place and you're not going to make it like you can't run as fast as they can, or they're in some kind of paddock and they're running and they're going to do like, it's kind of like a game to them. So you have your little rectangle arena. You're, they're going to be in one end. You're going to be approaching them here. They're going to zoom off to the other end. And then you're going to approach them and they're going to zoom off to the other end. Some horses think that's a pretty fun thing to do. Like you can't catch me. Do a little keep away there. There's no point in chasing them because they're going to beat you every time. All I do is I'll approach and then once they start to zoom off, like you, like once they get into that, I'll just kind of put some pressure on them. And I'll walk back down. So every time they get into that zooming, running away phase, they get a bit of pressure. If they don't do that and they turn toward me and said, I'll back up, I'll stop, I'll wait. It's very similar to round penning. So just regular round penning in a bigger area. That's all you have to think of it as. And don't get all like concentrated on the catching part. Obviously, that's what we want to train. But once you get too focused in on that, the horses are just like too scared. They're like, you, you're starting to act like a predator and they're, it's not going to work out. So that's how I would fix it for a horse that um you want to use negative reinforce, reinforcement and it doesn't want you to come near it. Um, so you keep doing that approach and retreat. And then once you get up there, don't go and halter him right away. Go up there, maybe feed him a treat, let him pet him and then leave. And then you're going to go back in again. So you definitely, unless it's an emergency situation, you don't want to go in there after you've trained this and just immediately catch them. Cause they're like, oh, I knew this was going to happen all along. So, um, pretty much the matching, the energy thing is really important. Um, another thing is just watching their body language. So usually they're going to give you a little bit of a hint that they're going to leave before they do it. So I have some notes. Um, they're going to lean away or they're going to move their head away. And that's just kind of showing, they're telling you they have a little worry. There's some tension there. So um, they either kind of lean their whole body to the side or they'll just turn their head away. Like when you bring the halter up, they're like, mm, no, <laughs> like they haven't left with their feet. Usually a quieter horse will do this, but, but they're like, ah, no, I don't really want to do that. At that point, if they're leaning or if they're moving their head away, I'm going to stop. I'm going to back up. I'll be like, I see you it's okay, like, we're, I'm not going to continue with that pressure, so I'm just going to be like, it's all right, we'll wait, pause, I might, co- then I'll come back up, I might let him sniff me, give him a scratch, and then I'll try the haltering again, um, and usually they're pretty fine with that, because um, they know, like, when you know, <laughs> kind of, so, like, they know when you recognize them, like, oh, she's paying attention to me, a lot of humans don't pay attention, because we always want to, you know, Hear in words and and like we want to hear like a dog bark or a dog cry and we then we're like oh we understand them we don't understand the horses because they don't usually make noises, so we really gotta be honed in on that body language. So, those are just some of the um body language things that they do. Um, the other some horses will also kind of tip an ear toward a direction or they'll look over and then they'll go that way. So that'll tip you off too. But some horses that are just hard to catch will just run off so um but if you know your horse is going to do that do the steps and see if you can you know go up there give him a treat and then build on that experience so if your horse is the opposite problem and it wants to come into you and push on you and eat your treats and get too much um you want to get him to back up so i like to just kind of i'll just kind of move my hands like up or i'll kind of toward them a little bit And just try that as a beginning stage. Will they back up from that? Because I don't want to increase it too much and then the horse runs away and then now we have another problem. So I'll do that. And then if that doesn't work, I'll kind of swing the end of my lead rope toward their chest and just create some space. We're not chasing. We're not worried. I'm not running after them. Nothing crazy. So um, you can also do the same thing with your stick. Just put some pressure with your stick and have them back out. Once they get to that spot, then you can reapproach and put your halter back on. So usually it doesn't go too much past that. It's mostly being prepared is gonna solve that. Bring the correct leader role, bring your training stick, and then you can fix that. Also, a big thing about that is how and where you feed the treats. If your horse comes in and is like right here, and then you're like, oh, here, give a cookie. Then you're teaching that horse to come and be right next to you that's the position he's to be in to get the food. So it's much easier to start this over than it is to fix this behavior. So if you're starting this out and your horse is here, he's over here, you can see the camera. He's over here, and he's standing nicely and you're gonna put you can put his halter on, then I would feed him tra- his treat over here. So like if your horse has an issue, you backed him up, go ahead, keep your arm outstretched, feed him his treat away from you while his head's straight. It's very important. Um, I know a lot of that gets covered in clicker training, um, but that works for, for all methods of feeding. So even if you don't want to use clicker training, you just want to give him a treat when you catch him, make sure your hand's away. He's in the correct position while you feed him because he's going to remember the position he was in when he got the food. So that's super important. If your horse is backing up, that's another like sign of tension he's like oh i'm not real comfortable this might be a more quiet horse a more lazy maybe pushy horse whose first instinct isn't necessarily to run away but they're not super comfortable with it they might give you a a, like a head turn or they might lean away first and then they might back up and try and get themselves out of the situation again for that i would just kind of be like that's all right let them back up and then try to reapproach. but that's just kind of a sign um of where they're you know how they're feeling So if your horse is notoriously backing up like constantly um, and and just really avoiding, I would go back through the steps, approach him, give him a treat, halter him, have him do something fun and kind of build it up from there. Um, Some horses like to play the trick of, I'm going to hide behind my best friend, which is annoying because now you kind of have to catch the horse and like move him out of another location and it's just kind of annoying. So... What I do is like the same kind of process I do when I'm doing negative reinforcement teaching for catching is I'm going to put pressure on the horse every time he's hiding behind his buddy. Um, the ones that I've had do this are actually pretty interesting. I have one on video. I believe it's on YouTube. The horse that she's hiding behind is facing me and like yielding the hindquarters and facing me the whole time. And she's just like hiding behind there. It's pretty funny because the The horse she was hiding behind actually got trained as well. It was interesting, but so, uh, as before the horse is leaving. So especially when they're hiding, I put a bit more pressure on. So say the horse trots away. So I'll kind of walk at a somewhat fast pace. And then I'm going to keep that pressure on. As soon as the horse goes behind the other, I'm going to start like swinging my rope on the ground or slapping my leg, making some kind of noise or pressure to to make that place not great. As soon as that horse leaves that place, I'm just going to go back to normal walking. I might slow down my pace a little bit. Keep doing that very, very consistently. Do not let the horse rest behind his friend. You're teaching him that that's where he needs to be to get a release. Not at all. And I wouldn't worry a ton about the other horse. There's not a whole lot you can do if you're doing it correctly. The horse might just follow you too. So as soon as that horse leaves the other horse, he might you if you and you stop and you back up. The other horse might draw to you too, and then you can go pet the other horse and be like, oh, maybe I won't pay attention to the one you're actually going to catch, and the one that you're actually want might come up to you. So um, I wouldn't worry about it too much. If that horse is also hard to catch, ke- catch that is an unfortunate, <laughs> um, but. It's really you can't really do a whole lot. Um, you can't do like too many things at once, especially with them, because you have that one problem you need to fix. So I wouldn't worry about too much. Focus on that one, and then at another time you can come back and work on catching with the other horse too. Um, if your horse just full on threatens you and you go out into their pasture or whatever, they're pinning their ears, um, maybe threatening to charge. I do love clicker training, but dangerous behavior, I can't, I know you can do it with clickers. I know you can change it, but I want to get rid of it as soon as possible. So if I have any of those things, and yes, they do come from fear. I understand that, but the safety of the person needs to come first. So if my horse is pinning his ears while I'm trying to get him, I'm going to put pressure on him until that ear pinning stops. So Say I go on the stall and the horse is pinning their ears at me. I'm just going to slap my leg and make some noise, swing my rope, my stick, until those... He doesn't have to be in a certain location, but until the ear pinning stops. Then I'll stop and I'll back up and I'll leave. I don't need to go in there and grab him at that point. I just want that behavior to stop. So especially if they're threatening, they're coming towards you, um, slap the ground if you have to smack the horse and get him away from you because that behavior is just not acceptable um and you don't want to just go in there and attack that's not the goal here. It's to keep you safe we don't go in there and attack because they might then attack back you're just saying this is my space like don't come after me at with that type of behavior into my space so you just want to create that space as much as you can um I hadn't really had a ton of horses that were super aggressive when catching. Um, If there's like a more difficult one, you could probably do it with clicker training and kind of gain their trust. Those ones are going to be really difficult. Um, But overall, I would definitely use protective contact. So the horse is on one side, I'm on the other side. And maybe work on some clicker training that way. Um, Because it's really not not something you can do with negative enforcement and pro- and protective con- contact. So I would either just, just when that behavior happens, like smack the ground, put a bunch of pressure on the horse. And as soon as it's over, those ears go up, you're back to neutral. And then you can leave too. And then you can reapproach and see what behavior happens then. So you don't want to attack and chase and, and and make a big fuss. You just won't tolerate that behavior. Um, Let's see. Okay, horses that won't face you. So, this usually happens in horses that are stalled. They wanna kind of stand in the stall with their head away from you, um, and eat their hay, or they just kind of want to turn out the world. That is what that body language is. Is they wanna just, especially horses in barns and stalls, they just kind of want to have a moment of peace to themselves, and they just stand with their head in the corner to the wall, and just kind of want to be left alone, um some will do it just to ignore you um it is a calming signal or trying to like relax themselves kind of get away from the situation um so i would go in if your horse is chronically always turning their hindquarters as soon as he sees you uh not a great sign um but i would go in maybe put a little pressure maybe slap my leg make some noise and as soon as he kind of flicks an ear i would back up and leave and then just kind of keep repeating that until he turns and faces you. And then when he faces you, maybe go in and give him a treat. Um, and just be real gentle about it because the horse maybe just wants a, a moment of peace and, and, and quiet. So maybe see if you can give maybe put a little grain in his feed pan, um, give him a little treat, something like that. Just to kind of... Um, be mindful of his space and be like, "Oh, hey, um, you know, just start it off nicely. Here's a treat. Let's go for a ride or whatever." Versus like going in there and just automatically assuming like this horse has an attitude. He's gonna kick me. I must make him move. Like it's not always that. So I would put a little bit of pressure. Um, if he's always like that, or he's taking a nap, just kind of see what your horse is like in his stall. If he normally wants to kind of be like that and kind of just chill for a bit, that's okay. Try and see if you can get him out of that corner with a treat or maybe some grain or something like that. And it shouldn't prove, um, if you're doing the other steps and taking him out and and doing relaxing things with him and giving him treats and just kind of making, um, your presence more positive. So I have other notes so that i'm not like all over the place oh clicker training yeah that might be important (laughs) um so the way i do it for clicker training is gonna be um i'll have them target something so if the horse is really afraid of the halter it'll be the halter sometimes it's my hand like the mustangs i'll hold out my hand they touch it i'll click and i'll feed Um, again, the feeding is really important. You want to feed away with the head straight and the horse relaxed. Has to be those three things um, all the time. Horse starts turning their head away or head toward you. Just pause, wait until that head is away again, click and feed. So I find that the clicker training method to most things is the easier way, uh, especially catching. So, um, get a target. So it could be, you could make a target. You could use the halter. You could use your hand. I use a crop as well. You could use whatever you want. Um, but the halter and your hand are the most convenient. So it doesn't matter what it is really. Um, but if you're going to go out there, um, like with the one horse that I did recently that didn't want the halter on, I just, once he looked at it, cause he wouldn't even touch it. Once he looked at it, click feed. And I did that about five to ten times. And then he'd touch it. Click feed. And then he was like, yeah, this is great. Like, this is fantastic. I do that when I teach bridling as well. Bridle up here. Once they look at it, click feed. And then they're like, they want to put the bit in their mouth. So that really just helps everything. Um, I think I have some videos of that and teaching the Mustangs to target. And I'll have some of my quarter horse Dakota when I bridle her too. Those will be up at some point. But so I definitely... Just do the targeting, and that's going to be your your best bet. And just going in there and giving him a treat, hanging out, give him a scratch, put a halter on, take it off, leave. That's really, I think, the most common way to fix this and the easiest way. So, um, for I mean, because the clicker training is not super in depth because it is that simple. Um, as long as your horse is relaxed and your head and their head is straight and you're clicking at the right time then you're good. Um, you can use a handheld clicker. I find it just kind of too much. Like if I'm holding a halter and I'm holding a tree and I'm holding all this stuff, I just use a tongue click. It's like, they know the difference. They know walk, trot, canner, voice cues, and they know like, they know all of that. They can tell the difference. So it's just, it's just easier that way. But so say your horse is touching the halter, they touch the halter, I'd be, and then immediately feed them. So that's how. That's just like a brief run through of how I would train it with clicker training. Um, just a couple of things about horses that are a bit more like sensitive, wild, hotter horses when you're catching. You're going to need to use less pressure. So always you're going to want to do escalating pressure. Always start off with the least amount and work your way up. Um, but baby amounts for those kind of horses. Um, like... I'll be like desensitizing one of my horses in the round pen and my thoroughbred will hear it and like just run around for a second. Like he's like, oh gosh, that was scary. But then it's weird because like I'll be working with him, he's like, this is fine. So but just be aware of how much pressure you're putting on them um, because they are more sensitive. Um even just with the way you walk up to them, just be chill, maybe make a little arc around and then approach from the side. You're not just directly going in there. So um it's just you just gotta be a bit more gentler with them. Usually they're just worried, like and they just feel more pressure just by by your body language just anyway. So you just kind of have to be mindful of that really. All right, let's see. Um I think I got all my notes. Let's see this last part. Um yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Um, that's just my brief, um, somewhat brief overview of catching. I do have a lot of videos of that on YouTube with various different horses. Um, I believe one is Piper, the little Appaloosa I had. She was the one who wanted to hide behind her friend. So that is on YouTube. Um, trying to think if there's any other catching videos. The Mustangs is just general gentling, but there is some catching in that because obviously you need to, there was haltering and I needed to get up to them. So that is, um, some catching stuff. I might be missing a couple others, but there's at least, um, the Mustangs and Piper videos if you're looking for other content. But my YouTube channel is Contemporary Horsemanship. If you search that on YouTube, um, and you can get some more information there, but for catching, that's what I got for now.